This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down districts five and six, typically week in, week out here on IdahoSports.com. It's been a while. Hey, welcome in. I'm Brandon Bainey. This guy is Sean Kane, our East Idaho expert. Sean, what's up? Hey, you know, not much. Just you guys finished up uh, football. I started doing basketball. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's good to be. It's good to be here in the East. You know. Yes, I I, I hate <clears throat> I hate the overlap between girls basketball and football. I hate it because what should be the celebration of the start of a new girls basketball season gets totally overshadowed by what's happening in the football postseason. So, uh, yeah, you of course Century uh, High School. Uh, that's where Sean teaches and coaches. He coaches the tennis team in the spring. Um, but big news with a Century Girls basketball player signing her letter of intent. Yeah, Taylor Smith signed her letter of intent to pay, play with Weber State, and uh, yeah, she's um, she's she's a great player. the The team's kind of getting going a little slow, but they're they're getting there. They have Addie Butler didn't play last year. She's a really good volleyball player. She's back playing. Um, they're playing really well. Um, so I've got to see them play, and I got to see Shelly play. Shelly's got um, Bailey Cannon on their team. I believe she's going to play at BYU. And I was looking at the preseason votes, and I, you know, Shelly might be a little low on that because that team is that team is good. And she is that girl. Cannon is she. If you get a chance to go watch her play, and I know, and I know, Skyline's got you know some great players too. And but man, that, that Shelly team, watch out! I'm telling you right now, that that is a good team. They. Uh, the game against Century, they 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 destroyed Century, but every girl on the team made a three pointer except one, um, and uh, they they were like seventy percent from the three point line. But she is an amazing player. But yeah, Taylor Smith, congrats to her, and um, she's tall and dribbles the ball, and she's she's really good too. So there's gonna be some good basketball in East Idaho too. I, I hate to hate to let you know that in the valley there, but yeah, <laughs> after no the last weekend, I saw you did the Treasure Valley podcast I, I don't really know why but <laughs> just i'm just joking I'm oh, very, ra- very rarely do we get to say that but yeah two years in a row now really for football east idaho has just cleaned up for sure and yeah you mentioned uh brindley can cannon from shelly and i know thunder ridge has a couple of girls that are going oh. d1 for basketball and we, we will talk about that and more next week but for oh, now yeah. We do have on our homepage, IdahoSports.com, all of the preseason coaches' polls for every conference in the state of Idaho, how they thought their conference would shake out. We're going to have girls' basketball previews up by the end of the week, and then we'll have boys' basketball previews. We're enhancing our wrestling coverage this year, all that great winter sports stuff. But first, let's close the book on the fall sports scene. And, you know, people might be wondering, where have we been the last couple of weeks, Sean? It's been a while. So two weeks ago, I was dealing with some personal stuff and just didn't have time for the prep cast. Sometimes life gets in the way. And then last week, we did our, our live state football preview show, and that kind of took the place of the East Idaho prep cast. You know, I've heard, I've heard through the grapevine that people uh, in District 6 don't like the fact that quote unquote it's two district five guys on the east idaho prep cast no no district six love which first of all i feel like we give tons of love district six obviously in addition to district five 
I right? do have something to say about that. I, I did go to the Skyline Twin Falls game and Cade, Caden Taggart on Skyline's yeah. and his dad came up and told me and he loved our show. So that's a District 6 guy that and his son played great in that game, by the way. But yeah, he, he loves they were wondering where we were. What, what What's going to be on the next show? So I, I do know some District 6 people um, very well. And uh, we, we do do a good job at uh, tuning in on them too and i talked about talking about shelly straight off the back too but anyways yeah yes so but but so my point is to people that yes sean is a district five guy right you teach in district five you coach in district five those are the teams you see the most but i am not a district five guy yes i live in pocatello but it's not like i you know i cover everything like <laughs> i do i do prep casts all over the state you really can't think of me as a district five guy because i talk about district one District six, district three. I talk about all of them equally and cover all of say, them. Yeah, I would say your favorite team probably St. Mary's. You're kind of a big St. Mary's guy. Yeah, I mean that's where <laughs> I that's that's where my father-in-law, you know, grew up and graduated from. And of course, we did that memorable championship run you and I did uh, at at the two A state tournament two years ago for basketball. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know. I kind of bristled at that when people are like, "Yeah, it's two district five. and I'm like, "I don't. I'm not really a district five guy." Like that's just where I live. And I only bring this up, Sean, because the personal stuff that I was dealing with two weeks ago, the reason why I couldn't be on the show is because soon uh, I will be moving to Coeur d'Alene. I will actually be moving up to North Idaho. My wife got a transfer with her job. And so we're going to be moving to North Idaho. Now I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be working for idahosports.com. That's the nice thing. I can live anywhere and still do this job. And we're still going to have the East Idaho prep cast every week as well. It'll just be, you know, I'll be a little further away uh, but we'll still meet up over the internet. So it's, I mean, and like we always say, if you got things, stories, or anything you want me to check out, hit hit my Twitter handle right there, Sean Kane one eighty two, and um, I'm gonna get to watch a lot of teams, and uh, you know, I I go to a lot of a lot of the events too. I mean, you know, East Idaho's got great sports. So, like I said, if there's something you think we've missed, hit me up. I'll we'll I'll research it and go in. I'm I'm a statistician. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's right that's right so i just i want people to get out of the mindset of thinking that i'm a district five guy because yes you and i broadcast a lot of the the pocatello games this year just because that's where we live but like i'm not really a district five guy i'm i'm all over so i just i don't know i wanted to clarify that point before we dove in so anyways let's Absolutely. talk about Let's talk about state swimming. This was something we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago, right after it happened. Um, now it's a little further back in the rear view mirror, but we still wanted to give all of the swimmers that went over to Boise and competed their due, including the Skyline Boys, your 4A state champions with 189 points. Way to go, Skyline. Yeah, that, that trophy case at Skyline this year is uh, filling up rather quickly. We had some running, we had some golf uh swimming and you know we'll get to a little something later here too but that that trophy case up there is filling up yeah no doubt about it um so gavin dustin was a double winner for skyline he won the 200 freestyle and the 500 freestyle the 500 freestyle is such a rigorous race sean that's a lot of that's a lot of up downs in the pool he did it in four minutes 49.69 seconds that was the best time of any 500 freestyle competitor over the weekend, 5A included. So that's pretty awesome to see there. Ethan, uh, or excuse me, Samuel Peterson, Elias Couch, Caleb Daniel, and Gavin Dustin all teamed up to win the 400 freestyle relay as well. And then Ethan Grimes of Idaho Falls was your 100 butterfly champ as well. So that was on the boys' side 
Um, and then at the 5A level, Thunder Ridge had an individual champion in each level as well. Holton Bundy on the boys' side won the 100 breaststroke, and Harley Taylor on the girls' side won the 200 freestyle. So congrats to all of the swimmers who went over a couple weeks ago and competed. You know, the big thing that uh, during one of our state football games last week, Sean, I, I had the chance to interview Ty Jones, the executive director of the Idaho High School Activities Association at halftime. And he said the the best part about swimming this year was that once again, everybody was in the same location, which during the pandemic that didn't happen. But he, he said that it was great to open it back up to fans so they could come watch in person uh, this year. And so the fans were the real winners this year for state swimming. Yeah, and I love at State Swimming is they have that set of stairs. I'm sure you've seen it. And if you win the state title, you get to go up on that set of stairs and hang your banner. And that's I think that's a really cool um, tradition for that sport. It, you know, you get to go up, you know, kind of like you get to put on the green jacket or something. They have kind of a tradition. Sometimes in football, they just get it and you're on the field. But um, it's really cool. I think in swimming, everyone, you know, you get to ascend up the stairs and get your get your picture taken with that banner and uh that feels good i can tell you that much yeah it's a a pretty cool deal for sure so again we just wanted to give a shout out to all of the uh, state swimmers who went over and competed and did such a great job so all right now let's move into football sean where we had championship weekend last week and east idaho cleaned up like if you're talking east idaho districts five and six you're looking at four different state champions five a all the way through 2A and for you know playoff purposes Oakley is technically in the Magic Valley but they are considered East Idaho for tournament site rotations and so really East Idaho won 5 of the 6 using <laughs> that parameter but um second year in a row that East Idaho has really come through and cleaned up uh, during state championship weekend in football I think the most exciting outcome was that 5A championship between Rigby and Meridian where the Trojans were down 21 to seven in the fourth quarter, Sean, and they come back to win 28, 21, the final. Yeah. Nothing bigger than that, that interception, right? Um, uh, Jack Barrero tips up the ball. Zeke Falavi, Zeke Falavi grabs it and runs it in for a touchdown. That was pretty exciting. And just, uh, just, there were just so many plays and everyone gave me a hard time. I picked Rigby, um, to win. And but I just you know Rigby just finds a way to win going to Boise three weekends in a row, um, you know the chips are down you know and I'm not gonna take anything away from Meridian. Meridian has one of the best defensive play you know best defensive teams I've seen forever you know you know that's why that Highland game was so close 14-6 earlier in the season but yeah Rigby found a way to win and their defense stepped up and I was gonna talk about it before is that Rocky Mountain game where they fumble and that. You know the semifinal. I mean, Rigby just had one domino fall after another, but you know th they just threw the dominoes off the the thing and took took care of business. So congrats, Armando Gonzalez, and you know everyone talked about them reloading. Well, me and you knew they were not reloading. They had players, and uh, yeah, congrats to them and their players and their fans. And man, that was a fun game. Yeah, a lot of fun. So yeah, Zabe Falavi had an interception earlier in the game that the the penultimate play where it was uh, the the game winning touchdown, if you will. Mason Burgess came off the edge, hit Zeke Martinez. Jack Budrero intercepted it and took it back. Uh, I think it was like sixty nine yards for a touchdown. It was a pick six that that clinched it. Essentially, um, Luke Flowers played extremely well. He was our IdahoSports.com player of the game, three hundred twelve yards and a touchdown passing. 
And really, Meridian, early on in the game, they run the wing tee, and they were just picking up the first downs that they needed to, needed to to sustain drives. And Logan Green was down on the sidelines at Albertson Stadium for us running uh, our social media accounts. And he said at one point he heard in, in the huddle, Coach Gonzalez basically told them, like, like stop allowing their run to gash us. It's not we can we can we can shut them down. No more big plays in the run game. And in the second half, they really did. Meridian just couldn't pick up the first downs that they needed to to sustain I'm drives. Sh- I'm sure Mondo said it very calmly like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. Um, so yes, great job by that rugby defense, especially in the second half. You know, they got down 14 nothing early. They were down 21-7 in the fourth quarter. And um, you know, ever since that Highland game, they've just been a, a team on a mission. And so congratulations to the Rigby Trojans for the win there. Um, the next uh, most exciting game, Sean, I think is probably Sugar, right? Sugar Salem went over to, to Middleton this past Saturday to play Homedale for the fifth year in a row. Um, and they beat Homedale for the fifth year in a row. Four have been in the championship once uh, last year in the semifinals. Another tight game, but Sugar Salem picks up the win. 20 to 15 and really it came down to their defense stopping Homedale when they needed to the most yeah it was a very 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 back and forth game and it kind of you kind of got the feeling like Homedale had put it away but you know we got a chance to see Sugar Salem and the general Neil as I call him Danny Neil man he had a game 232 yards 12 for 18 um or he had 200 total 232 yards total but that scoring game-winning touchdown on the you know one yard quarterback sneak he just he led that team and I mean they had tons of tons of players step up in that game but I really liked I really liked him in that game Daniel Neal yeah he he had to have had no joke at least 15 of those little one or two yard QB sneaks this year where he just takes it in for the touchdown is his rushing touchdown total is insane right oh yeah i mean yeah he just has a ton of touchdowns and usually they're not you would think oh this big number would come from the arm but it's from those little runs and he just led that team very well and that team just had a lot of good leaders and um they're you know they're coached very well and they you know they had a chip on their shoulder all year that's for sure and and uh what a that was a great game too homedale homedale has some great players too and you just Man, those, that's that you saw that collision course coming all year round, I think. Yeah. And again, uh, our Idaho sports.com player of the game was Cash Harris. He had uh, four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Ty Herlinger had a great day receiving as well. And, and it really was the sugar defense, I feel like, that that really rose to the occasion. You know, Tate Cutler fumbled the opening kickoff for Sugar Salem, and Homedale had the ball at the Diggers 20 yard line right off the bat. Well, the sugar defense holds and turns Homedale over on downs. So they didn't even allow anything after a disastrous start. So for sugar Salem, uh, undefeated season, 10 and 0, uh, just a great year for the diggers and coach Tyler Richards and company. So congratulations to sugar Salem for their win there. The next most intriguing game I thought was the two a championship. Sean, this was on Thursday night. This is a game that I was on the call for as Bear Lake played Firth in an all East Idaho final. Um, this was a wild game where it was score. We, like we knew going in that it was going to be a low scoring defensive game. At least I did. And it really yeah. proved to be that way. 
yeah i mean you have two great you know you have two great quarterbacks in that game as well and um it it, it was it, what was it at halftime it was really low and uh i just you know i just thought bear lake you know that was just they're kind of their year to shine if you can beat west side twice in a year you might as well get the trophy anyways right i mean that's how you kind of felt but i you know i didn't want to take anything away from first first been to the championship game three years in a row too so man i feel for them and it, it was it was a game like you kind of rooted for both teams because it was so back and forth but bear lake did what they did all year and it was find a way to win at the end yeah, so Bear Lake uh, scores uh, in the second quarter on a 16-yard touchdown pass from Taysen Neal to Bryson Crane, and then they lined up for the extra point, Sean, and it got blocked by Garrett Nelson of Firth, and the ball kind of landed in the hands of Toby Flake, the holder, and then Flake kind of flipped it to Tyler Beersford, and Beersford took it, you know, like 20 yards for the two-point conversion, and so it was an eight-nothing lead for Bear Lake. Now, looking back on it, that play should have been blown dead. Once uh, a PAT is blocked in high school football, you are not supposed to be able to advance that. And so Firth fans, understandably, were upset about that. And then when Firth scored their touchdown late in the game, Gage Vasquez to Alex Vasquez, the two cousins from from five yards out, um, the same thing where their extra point got blocked and the officials blew the play dead immediately. And that drew some boos from the fans. And um, yeah, there, there were a lot of penalties in the game. And and I know Firth fans felt like the officiating didn't help them and it didn't in certain spots. I mean, at the end of the game, they had a fourth and 40 that they had to try and convert. Um, but, but at yeah. the same time, at the same time, they had plenty of chances to win the game on their own in a 14 to six game. So really the fans that are blaming the officials, you know, there were plenty of opportunities for Firth to win that game outright. And any coach will tell you that you can't leave the game in the hands of the officials. You should go yeah, out and win it yourself. Yeah. You're ahead. You have chances. They had chances to cut. They could have, you know, Firth could have kind of put the game away at some points, you know, kind of gotten that lead up and just, just couldn't quite, put it away and i think that's that was kind of the difference there yeah like you're saying you can't can't leave it up to the officials you know you've got to go out you've got to go out and win championships no one gives you a championship yeah and then uh neil hit beersford on a screen pass that went like 66 yards for a touchdown that was the, kind of the clincher so 14 to 6 bear lake wins it's their first football championship in school history uh tyler beersford was our idaho sports.com player of the game three catches 120 yards and a touchdown we we did a post-game interview with him sean it was a really cool thing we did for the uh, four championship games that were in holt arena we had a sideline reporter uh so we had you know live uh pre-game interviews with all of the coaches uh, after the game, we grabbed uh, each idaho sports.com player of the game for a live interview and then we had like sideline reports throughout the course of the game as well. It was a really cool element that we added to our championship coverage this year. And you're just not getting that anywhere else. So again, yeah, you know, yeah, I watched, still- yeah, I watched them on Instagram. A lot of them on Instagram popped up and you just kind of get to see the highlights and the interviews. And that was fun. I like the kind of like the pregame because sometimes we don't get a lot of pregame. And so it's kind of good to get that pregame kind of vibe for what's going to happen in the game and kind of really set it up for, for the viewers. Definitely. Uh, and then we, of course, Skyline won the 4A championship. They're third in a row. They're fifth in the last seven years. Also, um, this game was tied 14-14 at halftime. Skyline ends up winning 50-35, to which tells you what the second half was like. Um, 
really to me it came down to bishop kelly took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown in the second half and skyline could have you know been shell-shocked but this was a team that's been in pressure situations over the past three seasons they never panicked they actually took the one score lead at 29 to 22 and then head coach scott berger went for the onside kick didn't get it uh, Bishop Kelly recovered it, but Skyline was flagged for an illegal procedure. Not everybody was set before they kicked the ball. So now it's moved back 10 yards. And now the ball's got to go, you know, 15 plus yards before Skyline can even touch it. Coach Bercher decides, you know what? We're going to go for the onside kick again. And the freshman, Amani Morrell, recovers it. I mean, what a gutsy <laughs> call from Coach Berger. Yeah, especially when you have that penalty. That's just. <laughs> you're really rolling the dice because you're going to give BK great field position. And yeah, that, that was a huge turning point in the game and skyline, just like I said all year, they just had a ton of weapons. And we talked about this before is the running game was, was in sync, um, you know, for that game. And I think that's when skyline runs well and the defense, I think got better every, every, every game in the playoffs. And, but once that running game, is established they are tough to beat skyline is tough to beat they're so multifaceted offensively if you allow them to run the ball you're just you're you're in trouble and I, i've been banging that drum all year and and fans that listen to this podcast know i've said this all year a bronze silverio is the straw that stirs the drink he he is the guy if if he isn't going you know, and, and if you look back yes. at the last couple of years, five, the, five touchdowns. Yeah, the game, the games where Skyline has really struggled, I felt like Silverio just didn't get the ball enough. And and I mean, we it was nice to see it finally culminate in what was a record-setting performance. Abron Silverio finishes with a hundred and uh, what did he? One hundred twenty-three yards on the ground, five touchdowns. The five touchdowns are a new four A state playoff record for most touchdowns in a game and you take five times six is 30 points he also ran in a two-point conversion so he scored 32 total points that is a new 4a state playoff record as well i didn't know that yeah he's he was he only carried the ball like 17 times so i mean he could have had it a few more times in a game like that and just i mean what maybe go for a six pack of touchdowns i don't know (laughs) he so, so I was doing the post game interview with a after the game and, and he had the game ball and, uh, you know, he was holding on to that thing tight and kind of took a moment and, you know, I think the, the gravity of what had happened really hit him. And, uh, I, he, I mean, he's such a fun guy to talk to and, uh, his smile just lit up the entire arena, uh, as I was doing that interview with him, he's a really cool kid. And, uh, I really hope he plays somewhere at the next level because I think he could be, an impact player uh, for sure. So congrats Absolutely. to Abron, Abron Silverio and, and the Skyline Grizz as they three-peat there. Grace was playing for the 1A D1 championship. You know, they ran into the buzzsaw that is Oakley. Um, they lost that game 58-20. to Titan Anderson threw two, two touchdown passes to Brennan Sorensen for Grace. He ran in a touchdown as well. This was a really nice season for the Grizzlies and, and head coach James Newby. Um, they were playing in, I think, only their second or third championship game ever. Of course, they've never won a state championship in football. So to get that close and and fall short is disappointing. But I think we can look back on the season overall for Grace and go, man, they had a really good year. I mean, they went they nine a, and two. Yeah, they had a great year. They, 
you know, they're kind we t- we've talked about them on the on the cast here, but they're kind of under the radar. But you know, I wasn't surprised when they made it to the championship. But man, Oakley is just good. <laughs> Oakley is a good football team, and where they have this huge offensive output, their defense is what kind of stuck out to me when watching that game. Is man, they just their defense was just very in sync and knew what to do all the time, and made it very difficult for a Grace team that had put up a lot of points all year. Yeah, it was uh it, that was the the first game of the weekend for state football and I was down on the sidelines for that game and so it was a lot of fun. But um yeah, that was uh that was championship weekend in football. The East kind of kind of rolled uh for the second year in a row. Congrats to all of the teams that made it to the final weekend in football cuz now you got to turn around and get ready for basketball season and that's what we're going to do as well. We'll we'll be back at it again next week to talk a little girls basketball and then um, you know, after that, we'll talk boys basketball. Wrestling is coming up soon. We're going to really uh, enhance our wrestling coverage this year on IdahoSports.com. Sean, we're bringing back the uh, individual rankings. We used to rank um, all of the individuals by weight class. Um, you know, who are the top whatever at 106 pounds? And so we're bringing that back this year. We're really excited to do that for all those wrestling diehards out there. Yeah, and it's really nice. Wrestling's got a kind of a good system so you can check in on that and keeping all that data in there. So that, that's why I like wrestling. Wrestling uses a very similar formula that as tennis for calculating team titles and stuff like that. So I, I understand how that works and having and having the people having more people makes a big difference. But yeah, just a, a lot of a lot of stuff going on and uh yeah, I can't believe football's over, but it yeah. ends. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a pregame interview with uh, James Newby, the the football coach at Grace, before the championship game Thursday night, and I was talking about their senior class at, at Grace, and I said they've grown up through the years, you know, playing football and baseball and basketball together, and and then he goes and wrestling. Don't forget, and he goes, I am the wrestling coach at Grace as well. <laughs> I said, Oh yeah, wrestling too. Yep, for sure. So, anyways, we had some fun with that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, you get a lot of. You know, you can kind of see some correlation sometimes if you have a really good wrestling program. Your football team is usually really good, too. Uh, you know, a lot of linemen, a lot of get those guys just still working all year round. Same with the track. But, yeah, wrestling sometimes doesn't get a ton of credit in Idaho, but we've got a lot of great wrestlers, and it 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 heats up as it goes on for sure. Yeah. It, it's going to be a lot of fun as we get into winter sports, but that'll do it for this week's edition of the uh, East Idaho Prepcast. It's good to be back. We'll be doing this regularly moving forward. Don't worry, folks. We had a little two week blip, but we're we're back at it. And Sean, happy Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, same to same to you. Congrats on the the move. Maybe I don't know if you really want to move up there, but congrats <laughs> either way. Uh, that's that's awesome. It I'll is, be here. I'll be here, guys. I'll be it, here. It is a little closer to our family that live in, you know, Western Montana. So that is a uh, perk for oh, us. Great. That's, that's, that's good. Family's family's good. It's a good time of year to be by family, right? For Thanksgiving and all that. Definitely. So yes, all of our uh, East Idaho fans that are watching or listening, please uh, travel safe this, uh, this weekend, wherever you're going uh, and then coming back home as well. And yeah, we'll see y'all back here next week for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.